Hello there, welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan. Thank you very much for tuning in. On the podcast today, I've got my friend Heather back again. Some of you may remember Heather was on a previous episode about life as a vegan. I believe that's the name of the title, even. Heather's a good friend of mine. She's an interesting girl to talk to. Nice to get her point of view on certain perspectives. I decided to have her on to have a chat about travel, especially travel as a vegan, to share some stories, horror stories maybe, or some success stories, just any tips and tricks, her experiences traveling throughout her life, and mine. But as I said, we are friends, so we didn't want to make it, I didn't want to make it too formal. And so you'll, you'll notice it's just quite a, a nice chat. We do ramble. It's a longer one today. I personally, with my podcasts, I like to listen to longer podcasts. If I'm out for a run, a bike ride, if I'm cleaning at home, whatever, I don't mind getting into a chat. I don't mind investing in, uh, in the long haul. And you can always pause it, come back to it later. But I did tell her to feel free to uh, have a drink during the podcast. I wanted it to feel like a friendly social chat, and I was going to have a beer during it, so I told her to do the same. The podcast recording took about four hours, truth be told, which we just started chatting, and the travel slowly drifted into the di- into the background, and we um, yeah had, just had a nice catch-up. It was a good time, but four hours is incredibly long. I'm not Joe Rogan. Yeah, I managed to keep it to a reasonable hour and a half worth of interview. So you will hear some of my stories, some of her stories, both good and bad, just funny travel things, where we've been, where we want to go, a few hint, a few hints and tips about what it is like to travel as a vegan. So I hope you find that uh, constructive, hope you find that helpful. Long story short, if too long didn't read version, it's easy to travel as a vegan. There you go. Fruit and vegetable available in every supermarket anywhere in the world. And happy cow. That, long story short, that's all you need. But I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. There's no outro on this one, so this is where I'll leave you. As always, if you can like, subscribe, follow, review the podcast, all of that good stuff, I'd be so appreciative. You can always follow me on Instagram at Stephen Runs Vegan, Stephen with a PH. Links are all down in the description below. Yeah, like I said, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. Well, I mean, Andy's in Slovenia at the moment, um, and I just hopefully he can get back. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, hopefully he'll definitely be able to get back, but hopefully when he gets back, he doesn't have to stay inside for two weeks. Sure, sure. Um, what's he doing there? Kayaking. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Nice. All does kayak. <laughs> it looks like a stunning part of the world. Um, and it, how is Slovenia for COVID? Is that badly? Well. So he was planning to land in Austria, but they couldn't land in Austria because that was on lockdown. Then they were planning to land in Croatia. They couldn't do that either because yeah, that was in Croatia. Croatia. one of the bad ones, yeah. Yeah, so they had to fly into Venice in Italy, obviously, um, and then drive across to Slovenia. Only because Venice was one of the worst areas. Like the, if, you, if in March or April you said, oh, you can fly to Venice, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. No, Vienna or whatever. Exactly. It was like China, Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't go to those places, but now. Yeah, exactly. So, but he's sending me nice pictures. Apparently it looks great. 
Yeah, I mean, anyone I've seen sharing photos from there seems to have a, a stunning time. The only experience I have of it is when we fly overhead. So we fly to like Greece and Israel and you'll, you'll fly over northern Italy and then the, the, the coast of Slovenia, Croatia. And just from above, it looks stunning. You've got like Trieste and then you've got Slovenia and then going down to Croatia, the mountains, islands. And you can only get a certain, um, you know, picture of it from above you just see a landmass you don't see nice beaches or anything but it it looked beautiful it looked like a place worth checking out um so yeah i i like that we organically went into travel here i i was gonna like <laughs> stop the chat and introduce you and then start the interview but we're just we're going already so um i'll i'll, I'll say a quick thing here this is heather again previous listeners will recognize the voice heather was recently on a podcast of mine and yeah, uh, it, w it went very well, so I've invited her back for round two. And my idea today was just to chat about travel stories and maybe about like vegan travel stories and how, like ideas how to travel as a vegan. But yeah, like as you've we've already seen, the chat can just go any which way. So I don't want to filter it down a path. It's not an interview; it's just a catch up. So. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, did you did you manage to get away at all, like before lockdown? Did you have any last minute getaways? No, I haven't actually been abroad since June last year. Oh, okay. Do you have anything cancelled? Obviously, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Berlin was cancelled, so I was supposed to be going in May. Um, yeah. So that sucks. But so when you said you were thinking of going to Berlin, I was like. <laughs> I forgot who I was talking to here because yeah if, if anyone has didn't hear from the last podcast Heather and I have never actually met and we were excited to go running together in Berlin go to a gig and you know if anyone's been they'll know Berlin, Berlin is a vegan yeah I call it Berlin by accident but that's quite appropriate it's vegan paradise it's incredible over there <laughs> so I was looking forward to taking you to some of these places but we will hopefully in the future um, yeah we will at some point I don't know what the plan is for lost evenings, but um, Berlin isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So, did he do night and day cafe by himself? I don't know what that is, so I don't. It's know. in Northern Quarter in Manchester. It's in like the the cool bit of Manchester. I so my only <laughs> the vegan bit. Yeah, my to to wrestle it back to travel a little bit. I did a last minute trip to Manchester last year to see Frank. Were you at that show, Victoria Warehouse? I was. Yeah, I probably saw you, but um, were you in the were you in Weatherspoons beforehand? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely saw you then. I I, yeah. saw, I, rocked, I rocked up to the Solo Armada group and just decided to see what was up. Which this is exactly the same. I was also sat with the Solo Armada people. <laughs> All right, I I definitely saw you then, but yeah, yeah, I didn't know you. But that's the kind of thing. Like, there's just cool people everywhere. You can't really go wrong vibes i got from just walking from the station to my hostel and then to the venue it looked like a cool place which hostel did you stay in i stayed in um i don't remember at all it was near what was that venue that just closed gorilla oh yeah it's not closed though it's open back up again oh is it oh yay good okay because that, that so it was near, near oxford road station yeah yeah exactly I, I got to that station it was in like the I want to say like the dock, Docklands, the warehouse sort of area, but that's a lot of Manchester, I think. I'm going to go... Yeah, what well, the, the actual hostel was, or Victoria Warehouse? Um, no, the hostel itself. 
I'm, I don't know how typing sounds on record, but Manchester hostel. Let's see what happens. <laughs> There's quite a few though. I know, uh, but I, the YHA, that was it. The YHA in Manchester, which- Not the one, is, not the one in Castlefield Bowl, the other one. Potato Wharf is the address. Oh, the one in Castlefield Bowl, that is, that is it. Yeah. So I saw Frank and Blink next door to that. Oh, really? I didn't know there was a thing. Like I, I barely had a chance to explore at all. It was a cool area to walk through and then, okay, time for the gig. There's like a big uh, outdoor sort of amount bond. Outdoor what, sorry? Like amphitheatre type thing. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, it was really good. It was amazing. But see, that was good in June, but would <laughs> not be good in September. <laughs> yeah, outdoor is, you know what you're signing up for if you go to an outdoor thing in the UK or Ireland, or even where I am in the Netherlands. It's not that much better here. Yeah. I've been lucky so far. I've been to a few mm -hmm. outdoor shows over the years and never really got rained on. But um, it, one which was Frank in an open air theatre here in just outside Amsterdam, which was a great nice. show. On, it was yesterday, four years ago, which sounds crazy now because it feels like about last summer in my mind. But yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, so I got very lucky trying to steer back to travel a little bit with lockdown because I... You know, I work for an airline. I can do this more on a whim stuff because I could get a lot cheaper flights. I went to the Canary Islands. I went to uh, Fuerteventura in January this year. And yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was kind of a totally last minute thing. I had some time off and it's the one place in Europe that's still guaranteed sunny and warm in January. And it was a bit like the, the hostel was a bit more expensive than I wanted. And I thought, mm, do I should I really and it's a great example of that carpe diem YOLO you know just do it while you can because well yeah I didn't know what was up ahead a global pandemic I was yeah it's a good job you did I wish yeah. I had oh I'm feeling so so there's a lesson for you for our listeners whatever do it like not now don't travel now if you don't have to but um just in case there's a global pandemic, go on holiday. <laughs> right. There's something that you're like, hmm, it will be fun, but maybe I can't afford it. Maybe I go for it. Come on. Especially if you're young and you have the opportunity. Like, okay, if you can't afford it because of rent or something, fine. In, in <laughs> when my you said, if you, can't, if you can't afford it, just do it. I was like. <laughs> That's spoken from a. From Great a advice. <laughs> Yeah, spoken from a position of uh, privilege. I, I can't afford it. But I mean, for people like me who thought, mm, it's a bit too much, should I? Uh, I uh, go on, I'll treat myself. In that kind of, like, it's it's disposable income. Yeah. I have the money. And yeah, I'm very glad I did. It was a great trip. Yeah, I remember being very jealous at the time. And have I'm you, now very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> have you been to <laughs> Canary Islands at all? Yeah, I've been to, I think I've been to most of them. We used to go as kids all the time. Oh, wow. Okay. I We went to Spain as kids, but never, like mainland Spain or Ibiza, we never went that far south. Do you remember any any highlights anywhere in particular? We spent New Year's in Gran Canaria. That was oh. really good. That, that's that was really fun. I remember going to Tenerife and it rained a lot and was really windy. So one of our boat trips got cancelled. I remember that. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been to Lanzarote, but I don't really remember it. This is all when you were young. Yeah, but I mean, some of them were more recently. We used to go on cruises when I was like sort of 14 to 18 with my mom. Okay. So I remember those a little bit more clearly, but I was still 10 years ago. So. <laughs> the first time I went was to Tenerife, and that was 
again, I want to say about two years ago, but now I think it might be four or five years ago. Um, it was another January, you know, winter sun break to get away from it all. And we stayed in this gorgeous, so it was with my ex who was also vegan and we were flying to Tenerife and the, the main like tourist area is the Southeast, which is um, Costa Adeje, Playa Las Americas. It's where you'll find all the English and the Germans and everything, all the hotel resorts, all of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I don't need a full English breakfast when I'm in Spain and yeah. I don't want to go to the Irish pubs, but we went on happy cow, you know. <laughs> that's because yeah. you're Irish. <laughs> okay. All right. And that's the thing. Irish pubs abroad are more full of English people than Irish people, but that's, that's true. Maybe they, have, <laughs> they, they have football on TV and it's like, there are more English people than Irish people. So numerically it's got, it's more likely. Um, yeah. But we went on Happy Cow, you know, the, the, the veggie travel website. I love Happy Cow. Yeah. So to make this more, do you want to explain it to make it a bit more educational, a bit more practical for listeners? So it's an app and you just type where you're going, type where you are, whichever. And it's got all the places that you can get food. And it tells you whether they're like completely vegan. I actually made a little spreadsheet of my own from Manchester, um, yep. which is really nerdy. But I really want to do it since I'm moving to Manchester. But um yeah, so you can just put anywhere and it will just tell you all the different places, whether it's fully vegan places or, yeah, it's really good. It means you'll always get food. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Um, so like if you're in a pickle, if you're in the middle of nowhere or in the middle of a city and you don't know where to go, you can open Happy Cow and it will tell you three miles this way, open vegetarian restaurant. And it's great for travel planning, which is what we did. So we type Happy Cow Tenerife and... It was like the, the, the major city, the capital city in the north had a couple of places and the tourist area had places. But there was one vegetarian restaurant or maybe vegan, I can't remember, in nowhere seemingly. And we zoomed in on this small beach town. Um, what was it called? El Medano. That was it, El Medano. And it, it happened to be right beside the airport. Thought, okay, this is not on the trip, a trip advisor. It's not a very big popular yeah. place, but... We Googled and we, there was Airbnbs and we found a nice Airbnb and we went there and we I didn't know if it's going to be a village or whatever. And it turned out to be amazing. It was a really popular uh, destination for like windsurfers and surfers that like kind of those people because of the position of the coastline or something, the waves, I guess. And it was amazing as a result with those types of people tend to attract hippies and it was a really kind of, a little bit touristy. There were a couple of souvenir shops, but nothing crass. It was not overrun. It was quite local. It had a nice relaxed vibe. And it was not, not a village, but it wasn't a city. It's just this nice seaside town. There was a mountain right at the end of the cove, and you could, like, a mountain, a, a hill, I guess, a, a big hill, a small mountain, whatever. And you would you could hike to the summit for sunrise. And it was great. And the, oh. the vegetarian restaurant, uh, we ate there, like, three times in five days. That was amazing. It, it just turned out to be a wonderfully happy accident, our trip to Tenerife. And the Canary Islands have this wonderful thing of the local thing being, the local cuisine being accidentally vegan. Did you ever have the potatoes over there, the Canarian potatoes? Mm, I don't remember. So I don't, I'm sure there's some authentic Spanish name for them, but basically the, like the, if you go to a bar, tapas, whatever, like the local thing everybody gets is these salted, potatoes where like they're cooked in oil and a shitload of salt so that they're kind of like 
is a, a coating of salt on the outside and it's just cooked potato inside. And they have two sauces, like a green and a red mojo sauce, they're called M-O-J-O, which are like chili pepper sauces and you dip them in. And that that's just a standard local thing. You, you'd get them for a euro with your beer in any bar. So mm-hmm. even when there was one day of the week when the vegetarian restaurant was closed and even then we could just go to one of the beachside bars, we got like a jug of sangria and two or three oh. of the potato things. The and, dream. Oh. <laughs> The, the the day that it was closed, the restaurant, the veggie restaurant was closed. It was a really happy accident because we just went to the like three or four beachfront bars and we found one with a table for two with a decent view. Okay, we're going to make do with what we can here. And we were looking at the big tapas menu. There's like 20 different options and it's all in Spanish and we're trying to figure out what, what means what. And the waitress came up and we asked for sangria because it, it was one of our last days there. We still hadn't had sangria, so had to change that. That we're going to get a big thing of sangria, and it was she was a younger younger girl, and thankfully spoke good English, which was a good start. But it was going to get even better because she said, or we said, do you have any like vegan things? And you're already a bit. Do I have to explain what this means? And she said, Ah, yes, yes, I'm vegan too. And she gave us. She's like scrolled down the whole of the five available vegan things, and just we had a like a table full of food and drink all vegan and this wonderful server who totally got what we were asking for and uh, amazing yeah that sounds like the actual dream to be yeah. in, in the canary islands with sangria and vegan tapas just sounds amazing um mm. it, it was there i took a lovely photo of the sunset um over the cove as we were sitting there with our table full of goodness and i, I if i can find it i'll send it to you because it's back in the in the archives now mm. yeah the to to bring it back to reality a little bit more though the sun went down and we were having a nice thing but then on the mountain like the the headland sticking out from the beach we saw lots like searchlights torches and stuff starting to appear and then a helicopter came overhead and we quickly realized like somebody was lost or missing or in trouble oh, on no. the mountain in the rocks or whatever like there was a full search operation for somebody so that we had about an hour or so of a lovely romantic dinner and, you know, sunset drinks. And then, oh shit, is everything okay? Like somebody's in serious trouble. That kind of, it's hard to avoid, Yeah. you know, when, when there's a helicopter about 50 meters mm-hmm. over your head. Yeah, stay in your sangria bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, have you had sangria? Like the, the, the... I love sangria, yeah. yeah. We used to, there was, we actually used to... <laughs> Um, a tapas place a lot in Warrington, which is obviously not authentic as not as authentic as your one. But we, me and my mum, always used to get a jug of sangria. <laughs> well, if you're getting tapas, I love sangria. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Those, um, I don't know how they did, how they did it there, but like the bits of fruit that are at the bottom of the jug, like the red, yeah. the wine soaked melon, oh, that's that's good stuff. <laughs> Been sitting in red wine for the last hour, and then you can eat yeah. it. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I went for tapas the other day in Crosby, which is also right by the beach, but it's not Spain. But right by the beach, tapas didn't have sangria though, but I should have. But it was amazing. I had like patatas bravas, but it was called patatas Infer- infernio or something. And it's I remember this. This uh, this looks great. Spicy oh, patatas bravas. Hmm. It was a spicy patatas bravas. Oh yeah, it was so good. And it had like vegan mayo on it as well. 
I had like sort of like tempura vegetables, um, but like cut into like chip shapes so it seemed like fries. Um, I had broccoli, like pan fried ten ten stem broccoli, which was amazing. Oh, paella stuffed um, peppers. Oh, it was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> it's a shame we can eat nothing as vegans, right? It's, it's just no fun at all. It's only salad. What do you even eat though? What do you eat? None of the, <laughs> none of what we just mentioned. Oh, okay, making me hungry. Um, so what are you drinking, by the way? You said you have a gin and tonic. Yeah. Very Pink strawberry gin. Beef eater, pink strawberry gin. They can sponsor the uh, podcast at any time. <laughs> I doubt yeah. it. If I, or I, Tesco. Oh, we could do Tesco. Tesco diet lemonade. Also fine. Yeah. I, I get You could do Alpro. This is more Alpro. relevant. Alpro. Now we're talking. I could beef eater. I could take it or leave it. Tesco is always handy. Alpro. They tune in. Um, delicious products. I love Alpro. Everything they do is amazing. But yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm a long way off uh, ever getting a sponsor for this podcast, and who knows? That's, that's not why I. Do it, so. For me, I've got a Shringavira. I think that's how you say that. It's a a lovely beer by a local brewery. Um, it's a ginger Ooh. ginger bergamo beer. So it's like got some white wine. Bergamo's a white wine, right? Hmm. Bergamo is. Oh, I don't know. Listeners, there's some bergamo in my drink. It's it's a fairly pale beer, so it's I assume it's white wine. I thought it was like a I thought it was a herb. Let me look it up. Well, whatever it is, it's in my drink. The ginger. Oh, it's kind of it's a citrus fruit, kind of like a lime. Oh, okay. That I can taste that, <laughs> but it's it's a very light, refreshing beer. I meant to have this while I was waiting for you, you know, beforehand, because uh, Heather and I agreed that we'd. Uh, you know, booze up our, our chat today a little bit. So, um, but then I just took longer than I expected to drink. So, yeah, <laughs> I do have one beer that I was uh-huh. keeping. I do have one beer that I was keeping for our chat, which I will get to momentarily. So, your most recent trip was last summer, which yeah, sadly um, could have been improved. But hey, who is to know what was happening? What about? Do you have a best uh, holiday like? I'm sure there's lots of lovely ones from when you were a kid, but in your adult memory, have you had any trips away, city breaks that are that stand out? Well, when you said best holidays, it was probably the one last June, which was California and Arizona. But it's not exactly a city break. No, but, but okay, was, that, that wins, if you can say California and Arizona. It was amazing. Tell us about it that. Was. And that was like, really, that's like, Four city breaks. <laughs> Forget the city breaks. Just tell us about the trip. How did it come about? How long was it? Like, what was the itinerary? It was amazing. It was two weeks. I flew into San Francisco and I was by myself for four days in San Francisco. Oh. And then I flew to Phoenix. My friend was in Phoenix. So I flew there, stayed with her. She drove us to the Grand Canyon uh, via Flagstaff, which is a really cool little city in Arizona. I've heard of um, that, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool city. And then we went to, and we also went to Sedona, which is like an amazing, I don't even know, like an amazing like spa town kind of thing, but in the hills of the Grand, in like the red hills, redstone hills of the Grand Canyon. It's amazing. What was the name of that town? Sedona. 
S-E-D-O-N-A. Okay. I'm, there's another place called Shenandoah, but I forget why that's, or where that even is, but irrelevant anyway. <laughs> Not that one, but hopefully I'll get to go back to Sedona because we only stopped there really sort of on the way. And it was like a, I think it was like a five hour drive from Phoenix to the Grand Canyon. So we stopped for a little bit for some lunch in Sedona, uh, but we weren't staying for long because we had to see the Grand Canyon. <laughs> sure. Um, it was amazing. And then from, then spent my birthday in Phoenix at Linda's house, flew to LA and did some, did some stuff around there, went out on the boats, went to a sailing competition thing. Wow. I wasn't in it. We were just, I was just sat on the boat with the judges yeah. and it was my birthday. So I was just drinking. <laughs> You had your birthday in Los Angeles on a boat full of judges and a sailing contest. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they were, all sort of, they were all like in the over 50 club and one of them like got her handbag out and she's like, vodka and cranberry juice. And I was like... <laughs> That's a great day. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Oh, it was so good. How did you end up on a boat full of judges? So my friend um, is part of the sailing club. She doesn't actually sail, but she, I don't know, <laughs> I don't even know what she does. Sailing she judges seems, sailing competitions, yeah. Sailing seems like quite a social sport where it's not all about their athletics. There's a lot of yeah. events around that, which are not about being on the water, I bet. Yeah, so she was like, oh, I'm really sorry, I'm actually busy on your birthday. I'm, I'm judging this sailing competition, but come along, we've got vodka, let's do it. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it was amazing. I loved it. From I, I've no idea. I've never been to California, but from what I've heard, LA is just like so huge that it's just different cities. It doesn't have a city center the way you're an old European city would. Where were Where were you for this boat trip? Was that like in the county somewhere or near the? So it so it does have sort of the main LA city where like the Walk of Fame is and stuff like that. We were in uh, Newport Beach. Okay which is a place rather than a beach. It is also a beach, but it's like the place is called Newport Beach, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that's where my friend lives. It's a bit of a bit of a posh place. Um, I was going to say, like, I don't, I don't want to cast aspersions over your financial situation, but I will say you were, that there were many, many more rich people there than you, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You <laughs> person there by a long shot. Oh yeah, no, a lot of the people were like, oh, and that's my yacht, and I'm like, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, I left my yacht back in England. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about your, your little dinghy in the paddling pool. How, like, did you feel out of place there? Was it a bit embarrassing, or was everybody super friendly? There was no judgment? Everyone was super friendly, and I just sort of make myself fit in, so. <laughs> I'm just seen? like, I want to be comfortable, so I am. <laughs> I like that. That's how it should be. Have you seen Arrested yeah. Development, the TV show? Yeah, with Michael Sarah and Thingy, Michael. Uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Jason Bateman. That's him. And um, he plays someone called Michael, doesn't he? Yeah, Michael Bluth is the character's name, isn't it? That's why I'm speaking. Michael Sarah is George Michael, and then there's Maybe, which mm. is Maybe is such a great name. Uh, but the the very first scene of the very first episode of that is them all celebrating a merger or something happening on a yacht. And it's full of like the rich people and they've they've got more money than brains and that's yeah. kind of what I think of when you tell me about this boat story. Everybody's drunk and rich and a bit dumb. But hey, it's it's a nice 
Yeah, to be fair, they're not like they're not like dumb rich people. They're all like quite like business type people. Yeah. So I mean, there was this old guy that I spoke to who I think was called George, and he was seventy eight, and he was like, "I've just got back from a scuba diving trip in da 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 da," and he he was still going scuba diving everywhere, like three or four times a year. He obviously had a lot of money, but um, yeah, he was just going off scuba diving all the time. To have money is one thing, but to have like the physical capability and also the vitality to still want to travel and want yeah. whatever about and to scuba dive at yeah. almost eighty, that's that yeah. impressive. Like whatever about money, I might I don't think I'm ever gonna be rich, but I don't care. Like all I want is when I'm old to have the health and the drive, the passion, the urge to do any of that stuff when I'm what, seventy eight. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. When he told me, I was like, still? You still do it now? Amazing. <laughs> but yeah, he actually told me that he'd been over to Dublin. He was like, that's England, isn't it? And I was like, oh, uh, well. No, <laughs> no, but fine, whatever. You're American, you're old and cute, so it's fine. Um. <laughs> yeah, and that my, my friends are, I mean, they're educated, they have really good jobs. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're not stupid people. <laughs> well, another... <laughs> Another thing I was entirely grateful for last year, I, I went to America twice last year. And again, a bit like going to um, Fuerteventura in January. I'm so glad I did because I've, I loved those two trips, the two separate trips, one in February, one in September, were two of the best I've ever had. And they're like, I'll talk about them. They were incredible. But to see what's going on in the US now is, first of all, I just want to go back to those places to meet the friends that I made there. And I can't for like, basic, you know, pandemic reasons, obviously, but, yeah. but the, the Black Lives Matter protests and riots, the political situation, the divisiveness in the States right now, it's so heartbreaking because the people I met were wonderful. And I thought, how can this be so yeah. like, broken when the individuals I met, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, it is. And it's hard as well um, because you you do sort of have that, not you, I mean, one does sort of have that, like, um, that kind of, like, echo chamber that That's part I of talk it. to my American friends and they're like, but, like, before the election, before the Trump election, they're like, we hate Trump. And I'm like, oh, Americans hate Trump. And then he got elected and then you're like, oh, what? But none of the people I know liked him. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, like, four people. <laughs> You'd have the same with Brexit and with Jeremy Corbyn. Like, if, if it was my social media that voted, Jeremy Corbyn would have won by, like, 95%, and there would be no conversation about Brexit. That's the danger. Yeah. But that's a, that's yeah. a different topic. Mm. And, I, again, someone did say to me, um, I, I raised this point before I went last year. There, I met another friend of mine who's a French girl traveled, like, for six months in the south, like Alabama, Mississippi, like, real deep south. And she said she met the most wonderful, the, like the most hospitality, friendly, loving, caring people anywhere in the world. And that that's, you know. Yeah. Did uh, you say Southern hospitality, though? That's like a, yeah. a name phrase. Uh, um. But there's what someone said to me, like, well, was she white? Uh, yeah, actually, that's, that's, a, that's a good point for starters. Yeah. And it's so much more systemic than that. That's the problem. Like, I don't want to blame to people for they you can be a lovely person and vote for donald trump both can be true and yeah i don't know uh, i i won't carry on this train of thought because it's 
I'm out of my depth. That it's not right. Not really what I want to talk about today. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, but no, I but I agree with you. I also want to go back, but the pandemic, it doesn't seem to be getting that much better there. Quick, I mean, no. it's not here either. Really, we're expecting a second wave. They're pretty much still on their first wave. Yeah. So. Yeah. If they get a second wave, it'll be much later. We were thinking of going next summer, um, me and one of my friends, but yeah. who even knows? You know, it's just not worth it, is it? It's like in, in March, if we'd have been like, I think I'm going to go China. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, probably don't, but okay. <laughs> no. Where were you looking to go? Back to where you were before? Yeah, me and my friend are planning a road trip. We want to do, so we want to land in either San Francisco or LA. Um, drive to the other one so say for example if we were going to land in San Francisco we'd drive down to LA and do Southern California as well maybe uh, San Diego drive across to Phoenix and see our friend there because she wasn't with me last time so she hasn't met them Uh, probably do Sedona and the Grand Canyon drive up and do um, Vegas and then drive back into San Francisco Uh, yes San Francisco through the, the national parks yeah. Wow. Okay. That, that sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. I too have the same thing is that I want to go back to exactly where I was last year, but do it better, which I'm yeah. conflicted about. Like is you can go to a new place and it might be amazing or it might be, eh, or do you want to go back to where you know is amazing, but will it be quite the same the second time around? Yeah. Well, I, I went last time was actually my second time. So the first time I went, I just did, um LA and San Diego so like southern and then the second time I went I did San Francisco LA and a little bit of Arizona so I sort of still go back and see my friends but then expand it however I want because I do I mean I do go to see my friends but I also go to travel sure so so I have friends in in San Francisco in the the Bay Area and then I have them in uh, Los Angeles and or close to Los Angeles and then Phoenix so I'm always going to go to them those sort of three places but then I might you know drop by in, in LA and then go somewhere else I don't know. that's a nice corner of the country to explore I know it's I talk yeah. about it like it's a quaint little corner of Ireland no it's it's massive but <laughs> like you can do a five-hour trip to the Grand Canyon or whatever you mentioned earlier it's not unreasonable yeah, yeah. Yeah, the actual, the top of California to the bottom of California is the same drive as from Land's End to John O'Groats. Well, which uh, for anyone is... The top of the UK. Yeah. Land's End to to John O'Groats is the very top of Scotland to the very tip of Devon? Cornwall? Cornwall. Yeah, I'll, I don't know. Um, But yeah, that seems weird because California seems smaller because the, the, you know, the landmass of North America is so massive when you split it into little California, oh, it's a net little strip, when in reality it's huge. Yeah. What, that is one of my travel bucket list things. So one of the questions I have for you on my little list here is like bucket list dream destinations or dream trips. And mine is to fly either into LA or Vancouver and drive to the other one, like to the whole West Coast in a month or whatever. Now, it can't happen at the moment because of COVID, obviously, and what's going on in America. And quite critically, I don't drive. I don't have a driver's license. I was going to ask you that. I didn't think you did drive. It's a, it's a, um, a small, um, you know, sand in the gears, to, to quote the song. 
it's a minor detail that I have to get over. It's it's a dream. It's not a not a plan at the moment. But yeah, the whole Pacific West Coast, and like you said, I know it's massive. It's like from Canada to San Diego is ridiculous. But yeah. like at every stop on that way, so you've got San Diego, San Francisco, L.A. I want to see all of those places. The the Northern California with the redwoods and Big Sur, that whole scenic. Yeah, country. I did that. I did Big Sur. It looks incredible. That famous, the Bixby Bridge, the the, the views. Elephant seals. There was elephant seals. Thousands and thousands of elephant seals. It was amazing. Wow. wow. <laughs> they stink, but they're really cute. <laughs> Are they really noisy as well? They seem noisy. Yeah, they do like sort of groan. Yeah. And then going further north, you've got Portland, Oregon, which is unfortunately in chaos at the moment with protests and everything. But I've heard Portland is a great city. And then yeah. Washington, Seattle, the Pacific Northwest, that whole area, like the music scene up there, the coffee culture. I know that's where Starbucks is from, but it, it seems yeah. like quite a culturally interesting, grungy, you know, uh, yeah. I have a friend in Seattle as well, so I'm tempted. Uh, that is one of my other trips that I would do. That I would start up there. Um, that was that was sort of the other option, but I I really want to see Vegas. I I don't care about Vegas all that much. I know it's iconic, but yeah, I don't. It's it's just casinos and bright lights. Yeah, I I want to see the nature and the the culture more than that. Yeah, I mean, well, there is sort of there's, I guess there's culture in it. But I would probably have a, a night one. Well, <laughs> it depends what you mean by culture, I guess. Um, but there's a tiny Eiffel Tower. And <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. But um, there's fun things to see there. And there's like a, a zip line that goes through the middle of a giant shopping center that they have. That I really want to do. There's like a couple of rooftop roller coasters that I need to do. <laughs> yeah, it does. I love Incredible. I love being up high. I love it. All I want to do is be really high up. <laughs> um, well, not for adding up there, because if you say all I want to do is be really high in Las Vegas, I'm sure that's many people's Las Vegas adventures. Yeah. It's sound... also legal in California. That's I'm not true. sure it is legal in, in Vegas, but it is legal in California. <laughs> Nevada, I don't know. Uh, a lot of things are legal in Nevada, so it wouldn't surprise me, but I don't know. It's the tide is turning over there. It's it's crazy how quickly they've changed from very mm. drug war, imprisoning everybody who has a joint in their pocket to legalizing it, realizing they make a shitload of tax dollars from it. And now it's spreading all over the country, which is great. But yeah, I was going to make another political point, but that's I'm, I'm straying too far into that territory. <laughs> I have too much to say about that and I don't know enough about it. So it's, it's not good. Uh, bear with me for one second. I'm just going to get my beer from the fridge right here. I'm still right here. Like it's only, there we go. Oh, okay. So I saw this, I was in the Hague recently. Um, Fancy. No, sorry, Utrecht. I was in both, but uh, this was referring to Utrecht. And I found a beer shop there, which was quite highly rated, did all of local beers. And I saw this one, and I thought, I have to get that. <laughs> this is the awkward, the awkward Zoom goodbye IPA. And it seems so appropriate, because we've all had hundreds of mm. awkward Zoom goodbyes yeah. lately. Just need Definitely. to rinse out the glass first. So we've we've talked about lovely dreams and 
stories so far. Do you have any any horror stories? Any bad experiences? And you don't have to get into like if you were robbed or something traumatic, but you know, awkward moments, vegan mishaps. Um, no, I don't think so. I think I've actually been really, really lucky. Um, I remember the only one thing that even vaguely came to mind is that I went to Barcelona with one of my friends. I love um, and Yeah, and she is a Muslim and we ordered paella and they were like, vegetarian, and it definitely had pork in it. Um, but she was like, uh, I'm not going to eat this. <laughs> so I was like, oh. Okay. Well, paella shouldn't have pork in it, right? That's It's a fish dish, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think you can get it with like, Ham and chicken, maybe? Yeah, but I've never heard of a pork one. No, I suppose ham is pork. Ah, true. Okay. <laughs> like we know. Look, listen to the experts here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But at the time, okay, the- I wasn't veggie, but I didn't, I don't mean, I'm not really a meat fan anyway. Um, so, like, I would have had chicken nuggets, but, like, I didn't want, like, meat in my rice and vegetables dish. Yeah. Um. I just thought it was weird. Especially when you're going to like off a, a stall on the side of the street, you just like, it's probably safer to have vegetarian food. <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. Like, meat is... I've never been a carnivore. Yeah. I never loved meat, but... it Like, if you're in a restaurant, you get it well done by experts, okay. Even then, I don't like it. But on a dodgy street corner thing, like, meh, no. I, yeah. You just think, mm, I'm going to have the vegetarian option. <laughs> like, I've cooked dinner badly here plenty of times and okay if it's not good oh I should have left this something in the oven longer or I should have boiled the rice for longer it's fine it might not be very tasty to eat but it's not going to kill you it's not going to give you food poisoning or anything yeah that is what I love about veggie and vegan food yeah I'm like you know people are like yeah how how many days have you had that and I'm like I'm still going to eat it Yeah, true, true. It's been in the fridge for a week and I like, ah, heat it up, it should be fine. It's just vegetables. <laughs> so Bar- Barcelona is another wonderful vegan city that I- I've been to twice now. And oh, I loved it. It's When were you there? 2014, I think. See, oh. the thing is, now that I'm vegan, I'm going to have to go back around all these city breaks that I've done. Yeah. Because I haven't seen any of the vegan food. I went to Rome, I went to Barcelona, I went to Amsterdam, Belgium. Um, but I also went to Rotterdam, but I didn't really see very much of Rotterdam. Why were you in Rotterdam? It was just a stop on the trip. Um, we just oh, stayed yeah. for one night. We yeah. actually went to Rotterdam Zoo at the time, and it was really sad. Oh, I don't. I didn't know there was a zoo there. Which yeah, maybe it's maybe it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that like an interrail thing? Yeah. Okay, makes sense with all those stops. Nice. That's a it great really way. To, yeah, that's a great way to see Europe uh, by train. Oh, so good. Because like for Amsterdam to Rotterdam, for example, or to Brussels, it's all three, four hours away maximum. Like Amsterdam to Rotterdam is less than two hours. You, yeah. like, oh, you we also went to Luxembourg. That was the other place we went. Oh, cool. I, I'd love to just say I've been there. One of those tiny places. It's really nice. It's, been, it's very small. We yeah. literally yeah. went around the whole of it on a bus. And they were like, this is this, this is that. Here's the, the palace or the castle or whatever. There's the parliament. Okay, we're done. <laughs> and they were like, that's the entire city. <laughs> we went past our hostel, which was like right on the outskirts. But 
So, like, with the train travel, you've been to Amsterdam, you know Amsterdam Central Station. It's a big old beautiful building, and it's right, like, it's in the heart of the city. And then you go to Rotterdam or Brussels, and it's the same. You arrive in this beautiful old train station. Rotterdam is a new train station, but everything in Rotterdam is new. This beautiful big station right in the center. There's no Gatwick Express. There's no delays. There's nothing. You just you take all your stuff with you on the train, get off, and you're in the heart of whatever city you're in. And that's pretty much true all over Europe, like all over London. Um, yeah, like I, I did an interrail trip a few years ago around Eastern Europe, so Budapest, Prague, Vienna. Everywhere we went was just, oh, here we are, this lovely station, and you come out the, the, the main exits, and there you are, you're in the heart of Vienna. It's, it's a really a great environmentally friendly way and a culturally interesting way. Mm-hmm. So I'd the- love to do that, to be fair. I'd love to see, I still haven't been to Prague or Budapest, but I'd really love to. So I want to hear which one you prefer when you do, because that's still a little um, internal conflict in my mind. I've been to both twice in the winter and the summer, and I love them both differently. I think I prefer Budapest, but they're both just incredible mm. cities. They're really nice. Um, yeah, my, my friend got engaged in Prague. So I think oh. if I go to like that place where it happened, I'd be like, oh, I love it here the best because um, they're such a nice couple. They're getting married in October. But they're such a nice couple, and oh, yeah, they're just really cute. Really so Prague is probably, probably it's definitely the more beautiful of the two cities. Budapest mm-hmm. along the river is stunning. The the buildings are incredible, and but once you get into the city, it's just a bit more urban. It's a bit more normal city. Prague is just postcards everywhere you go. As long as you're in the old town center, it's ridiculously romantic. And when the lights go down, or when the sun goes down, the lights go on. It's Definitely a place to, to propose to your, your girl, yeah. Yeah, they were in a um, they were in a park and they had a vegan donna, like donna kebabs, and that's when they got engaged. How much of a perfect engagement is that? <laughs> that's couple goals right there. Vegan yeah, right? food in a beautiful city. Oh, man. I yeah, like oh, they're the best couple ever. I don't even know these people, but I like them too. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, they're so cute. When I said to him, like, are you excited to get married when they got engaged? And he was like, I can't wait. And I was like, oh. <laughs> they're so cute. One of my, um, not a horror story, but an example of the basically the opposite of that Tenerife trip, eating, you know, sangria and tapas on the beach. The, 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 to, to put that into perspective, for every wonderful moment like that you have, there are downsides of travel which you don't see on the brochures and people don't write about them in their books but you know there's a lot of getting lost or being tired and confused or getting ripped off or a lot of just grim realities around travel one of which was the the interrail trip that i talked about i took with my ex um in four years ago yeah that story so i i was on this interrail trip through europe through eastern europe for the most part, we were doing a three-week tour, but we did like Budapest, Prague, Vienna, all of these eastern cities. But then we were coming back to Amsterdam eventually. So we, the, our last two stops were Florence and Paris. And then we were going to get back to Amsterdam that way. But in mm-hmm. Florence, so we were already about well, two and a half weeks into the trip. And you eventually get a little bit culturally full. Uh, it sounds mad to say, but Florence was gorgeous. And you know, history, the architecture, the food... But, like, oh, it's a cathedral. Oh, it's a museum. Like, again, it's it's mind-blowing. 
if we started there, I could sing about it forever. I had a great time, but we were just, there's only so much you can take in. Um, but we were eating all yeah. our way around Europe, which it was a wonderful foodie trip, all, all things considered. But one of the places we, we saw on Happy Cow was this vegan restaurant, well-reviewed, open kind of thing we were looking for. Like, okay, this sounds great. And it was a bit out of the city, but we thought, no, oh, we can walk. It's only about a 30 minute walk. And here's the address. The direction seemed pretty straightforward. So we went out and you know, the lights are getting a bit darker. You're leaving the, the tourist area. We're in this like neighborhood of Florence. And it wasn't dodgy, but it was just quiet. It was, you know, evening, maybe even a weekend. And there wasn't many, weren't many people around. And we found the street and the street was so like isolated we thought, okay well this is via della whatever and yes number we need number 42 we walk along the street and there's just nothing there we get to the 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 street name the correct number the we're on google maps and yeah this is the location and we're looking around like there's no, it's just buildings everything's closed doors are locked lights are off there's nothing there at all and we we had done the whole day of sightseeing in florence this was our dinner and we were tired and hungry and we'd gone out of our way to this part of the city which tourists don't go to and clearly there was a wrong either the restaurant had closed completely and there was no trace of it or it was the wrong address on the website whatever and oh we were so annoyed like we were so hungry and we just you know hangry at that stage you want to eat you'd walked half an hour yeah, and then we had to get back into the city half an hour, and uh, it was things start to you know build up, and little things get bigger when you're tired. And we had been traveling for so long, we weren't just a bit dirty and a bit fatigued about the whole thing, and this was not what we needed. So we ha it was hard to keep our spirits up after that. It turned out okay in the end. We went back to a place we'd spotted earlier that we didn't go to in the city. Uh, which turned out to be this lovely little vegan restaurant and that saved us a little bit we were very tired very hungry and everything but i won't forget the sheer level of disappointment and heartbreak when you get to this street and you know when you've when you're trying to find a vegan place quite often they're in lower rent areas because they're not mcdonald's they can't afford to be on the main street in the city so you, it takes you out of the center into these interesting places that you'd never visit otherwise. Yeah. Definitely true in Berlin. And so you don't mind. It's, it's off the beaten path, and that's quite fun as a tourist. But when you get there and there's just nothing there, oh. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, that, that is true about travel. I don't know if you've traveled with a partner much, but it's, it's a test of the relationship for sure because it's, you can't be on and happy and, you know, in – in, in a good mood 24 seven, especially when you're tired at an airport or in stressful situations. If you, yeah. can, you can travel together, you're doing well. Yeah, I mean, me and Andy have never been in two years. We've never been on holiday together. Um, we've been, we've both been on plenty of separate holidays in that time, <laughs> but he likes to go kayaking. I like to go traveling in America. And we don't really like to do those things separately. We've been to the Lake District together. Uh, we've been to Wales together. So I guess we have been on holiday, but not really. We've not done traveling in airports and being tired and grumpy. Well, it, it doesn't even have to be airports at 3 a.m. Just, you know, being in close proximity to each other in an unfamiliar place. Yeah. That's I mean, we have lived together. So. 
Okay, yeah. So you've seen the best and the worst of each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm actually trying to find a place. I'm currently Googling it. We went to this place in Copenhagen. Again, not me and Damien. Ooh. One of my favorite. It was called Mad and Calf. Hmm? Was this in the in Christiania in the hippie commune? No, but it was. Uh, I don't even know if it was closed because we walked a different day. But it was very good. I think it's it's actually just Danish for food and drink. I think. What was the name again? Mad and calf. A calf would be cafe, a coffee, I guess. Mad. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's cake and coffee. Maybe it's food and coffee. Could be, yeah, I don't know. The, I, I can read a bit of Danish now because the Dutch people like to call Danish drunk Dutch. Then they, they, it yeah. kind of sounds like Dutch, but slurred <laughs> and really badly pronounced. So yeah. uh, I have a bit of a- I can see a, why they call it that. <laughs> which Absolutely. To, to a lot of Eng, like native English speakers, Dutch already sounds weird. So the fact that yeah. Danish sounds like weird Dutch so it wouldn't even mean any, anything to non-Dutch speakers, but. Yeah. I had a great yeah. brunch experience in Copenhagen. I had forgotten about it. I think it was called N Cafe or Cafe N. And it was in Norebrø. So Copenhagen is like Osterbrø, Vesterbrø, Nord like North, South, East, West, Brø, B-O-O, whatever that means. District or something. And this was kind of like an up and coming, yuppie, kind of trendy area. It was a little bit grungy, but a little bit hipster. It was a cool vibe. And I had rented a bike. I cycled out here. As you know, anywhere in Scandinavia, Copenhagen is so expensive. It's yeah. ridiculous. But my coping mechanism for that was I didn't convert. I didn't figure out the conversion rate. Mm -hmm. I think I did it once for like my first breakfast, my first thing I bought there. And I realized I'd paid like seven euro for a coffee. Oh my God, I can't believe this. And then you're like, I'm just going to forget about that and just... Yeah, so so for this place, I went for brunch. I, I don't know. I paid 1,200 Danish krona or whatever price it was. And I didn't convert it to 22 euro because I would have infuriated myself. I just, here's 1,200 krona. Enjoy. And it's with, about, about, like, if you take a zero off, it's about the same as pounds. Okay. So, like, 120 krona would be about 12 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it, it was better for me <laughs> to know because I just... I knew I had enough money that I, I could spend reasonably and survive. Like it wouldn't bankrupt me. I'd be fine. And so I went to this place and this is little cute vegetarian place, very small, only about three or four tables. And there was only one left available. So I took myself in the corner and there were like some German people there. There was local Danes like um, Copenhagen Knights, Copen, whatever the, the, the citizens of Copenhagen are called. And it was really cute. The the guy the the guy working there spoke great English. Turned out he had an Irish connection, which I'd never expected. At, towards the end, I started chatting to him. He asked me where I'm from and Dublin, and he lived in Dublin for ten years in an area not far from where I grew up. That was a nice surprise. Oh, nice. But I, the breakfast was just so, or brunch was so filling, with a massive plate full of food. And I was only vegetarian at the time. But I'd, I'd order the vegan breakfast because I, you probably have, or did you go straight to vegan? I don't remember that story. Straight to vegan, yeah. Okay. Well, for me, like I, I knew I wanted to go vegan and it was kind of on the horizon, but I hadn't made the push yet. But when it was convenient like this, sure, I'll take the vegan breakfast instead of the vegetarian one. 
And yeah. it had late, what I later realized were medjool dates and fresh and figs, like fresh figs. Wow. But at the time I was so kind of plain, I didn't, I'd never seen these foods before. And I was picking up a fig, like, do I peel it? Do I eat the middle? Like, what, what do I do? And it was such a new experience for me. And I couldn't, I could hardly finish the, 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 the plate of food. It was so substantial and gorgeous. Mm, um, it sounds really good. It was. And then to go, I, I got a coffee to go as well. And he had the list of coffees there. And it was whatever, Americano, espresso, all the normal ones. And the last one was called Fucking God Coffee. And it was a little more expensive. And I, had, I asked him, like, what is the Fucking God Coffee? And it turned out the God means something in Danish that I forget. It was quite like a standard like a size measure or something. But it was like fucking whatever coffee. And it was just stronger basically like a a, a, oh. a freshly brewed like better stronger coffee and i thought okay i i'm gonna re ignore what you just said about god not meaning god and i'm gonna order one fucking god coffee because that's <laughs> a cool order <laughs> that is fun oh i'm so annoyed that we didn't get to go to berlin and have vegan food oh yeah Did where you would we have gone tell me the places that we would have eaten or drank you really want to know did you do any research I did some research, but I don't remember it now because I haven't even looked because I was too, too sad. So the first place we would go, I would take you to Yo-Yo Food World. The best thing about our favorite musician organizing a, a festival in one of my favorite cities in the world was that he was organizing it in the area of Berlin that I stay in anyway. That's the, that's the area of Berlin I know best. It's the Camden of Berlin, kind of like rock and roll, a bit grungy, a bit... The place where you'll find indie bars and vegan restaurants. and That's what I should have said about Northern Quarter. Northern Quarter is the Camden of Manchester. Okay, there we go. Um, but the cool thing about Berlin is it, it's catching up fast, but it's still a lot less gentrified than London. So it's a bit cheaper and a bit more rough around the edges. You would have seen it when we got there. Like the, You get the train to Warschau-Strasse, that's the main stop for this area. And on the bridge of that station, you've got like business people, you know, commuters, standard passengers for every tram, train, whatever. There are like hippies busking. There's a guy playing some electric guitar barefoot, like busking for money. There are drugs, drug users, drug dealers, all on this bridge. Like everybody's here and nobody, just they all tolerate each other. It's such a weird random mix of everything. There's such, so many subcultures in Berlin. You've got the like the, the raver kids, you've got the punks, you've got junkies, you've got, you know, business people and everyone in between. But um, Fried Friedrichshain is the area and that's where Yo-Yo Food World is, which is basically like a junk food vegan place. But it's, oh. it's got everything. It's so cheap. It's not designed to be a health food thing at all. Like if you're on Happy Cow, you might read some of the reviews. One of them is two stars too much oil or oh it's it was greasy yes it's a fast food place it's not it's all oil it's all grease it's all fat and salt and sugar and it's delicious nice. <laughs> the, the last time we were there like they have pictures of you know famous musicians on the walls or like punk icons or feminist icons is really kind of a political place the guy who was serving us last time the person i don't i don't know but was presenting as a man show is it was a man but in like short short tight denim shorts like halfway up his ass like you could see his ass cheeks and he didn't care he had this like pink 
skin tight top on, covered in tattoos. He had makeup. And he was lovely. And he was just the guy serving, hey, w- welcome to Yo-Yo. What would you like to eat? And like, okay, this is Berlin. This is what you get. And you can get pizza. You can get like bacon, double cheeseburgers. And pick your junk food of choice. And it's all there. And oh. So we would go to Yo-Yo for sure. Um, then you have the concert. We have a few drinks. Have a good night. Have a dance. Have a sing-along. Next morning, you go to Vegan's which is a vegan supermarket and they have a cafe attached to it as well. I think it's called goodies. Yeah. Goodies. And there you can get like smoothies and salad bowls and, you know, healthy sandwiches and that, that kind of thing. Like that's where you go the next morning to, to detox a little bit. Yeah. I might need a bit of health after that, that greasy food, drinking <laughs> gig, bit of, bit of health the next day before we do the rest. Something to, to ease the pain. That's what I had in New Orleans as well. Like my trip to New Orleans was a, New Orleans is not a vegan paradise by any means. It's a foodie destination, but it's a lot of meat. But it was better than I expected. And then we'd we'd had about three or four days of solid eating out in restaurants, not very healthy, drinking a lot, not sleeping a, a, a large amount. And then in the end, we decided we needed to go, you know, when your body just starts to crave fresh food like okay no more junk please just water vegetables like give me nutrients i was getting to that stage and we went to this smoothie bar around the corner super expensive like ten dollar smoothies but it was all organic and you know locally sourced all the good stuff and one of them was called a hangover buster i think it was like number one smoothie hangover buster and clearly there they know their target audience it's new orleans it was mardi gras we were tourists and it was, it was like a double espresso with uh, peanut butter and dates and like. In a smoothie? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it cold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, well, like they, they brew the espresso and then put loads of ice in on top of it and everything nice. else. By the time you get it, it's fine. That's a it's good. Like a frappe. I, yeah, I guess like a frappe. I'm also partial to putting an espresso, like a cof- bit of coffee in my smoothies. That's a really nice tip if, if you. Wow if anyone's so so inclined but back to know about that sounds good though i like cold coffee i prefer cold coffee and cold tea to hot tea and hot coffee really yeah Uh, that's what i love when i went to america the most yeah they have they have iced tea like in loads of different flavors like we have uh, squash or whatever i don't know like they have coke and they have lemonade and then they have iced tea loads of them Especially, especially in California, I bet, where it's like summer all year round. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, the first year I went, it was, I went from something like the 20th of November to the 5th of December or whatever it was. It was late in the year anyway. I was there for Thanksgiving, um, which was amazing. I went to Disneyland on Thanksgiving Day. It was amazing. Wow. Um, I know, it was so good. Oh, yeah. But it was like, when I was in Disneyland, on the, it must have been the, I think it was the 25th of November, that was Thanksgiving that year. And um, it was 33 degrees. And I was like, in November, the end of November. And they were like, to be fair, it's never usually this hot. <laughs> oh, even for them, that was hot. Wow. Even for them. They were like, it gets to like, tw-. well, they were saying it in Fahrenheit, but they were saying it gets to like 20. But, and they're like, oh, it's a bit chilly out. Should we put a jacket on? And I'm like, no. <laughs> that goes back to my, my winter breaks to the Canary Islands I was talking about, because we would turn up, the coldest it got was 18 degrees, but it was 22, 24 degrees, a nice warm day. 
shorts and t-shirt, we're on the beach, we're swimming, and you see the locals wearing jackets and scarves and long trousers. Like, it's clearly their winter. But we st- tourists stick out anyway, but then, yeah, that was, that was obvious. Cool. So I wanted to tell you another place in Berlin. I found the name. It was called Chaos Theory. Ooh. Which is, yeah, it's, it's an intriguing name to start with. It was... Think of Jurassic Park. Ah, nice reference. Anyway, Chaos Theory was a bar in Berlin in a really other cool area called Kreuzberg. And it was a vegan cocktail bar, like, to categorize it by, by nature. But you went in and the, the decor was just stunning. Like, it had an 80s tropical kind of vibe, but very punk rock at the same time. Like, they played a lot of rock and roll music. There were strobe lights. There was, like, pink, neon, flamingos, and tropical, like, parasols. Such a really cool interior. Their, their menu was just bar snacks, basically. It was typical, like, wings and nachos and all that. But it was all vegan and really good. And I'm not much of a cocktail guy, but the my my ex was, and we we went in, and the the interesting the look, the color, the names, the mixes they made was so cool. And if you went on a Thursday, they had like a special kebab food truck thing visiting, so vegan mm. on a kebab Thursdays, and they they had these stickers you could take, like saying fat and fat fat drunk and happy in German or that kind of thing. Like it just <laughs> had such a cool vibe. I. Isn't fat in German dick? Yeah. Also, the, uh, this one was fet, F-E-T-T, but this, oh. it's the same. Uh, another word for it. <laughs> dick, dick and drunk. That would be a good, <laughs> good book. <bumper. laughs> I'd definitely buy that badge. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, even if we anyway. were in Berlin this time, sadly, that is not that close. So, in my trying to remember the name of it I googled vegan cocktail bar Berlin and like three other names popped up so there's so many places man there's there's this secret bar it's not a it's not a vegan thing but it's a uh, oh you told me about this oh did I the rooftop bar yeah oh yeah so we went to Berlin many times for obvious reasons I've just talked about but there was uh, someone told me that there was a rooftop bar on the top of a shopping centre in Neukölln, like Friedrichshain, Kreuzberg, and now Neukölln, those three districts are like the cool urban, like vegan paradise areas. And the Neukölln Arcade was this shopping mall, shopping center, basically. Very standard, had all your your typical modern capitalist fashion, whatever. Cinema on the top sh- top floor, but we were told, like, go to the highest level, go to the roof, and there's a bar there. And we, went, we took the elevator up to seventh, eighth floor, or whatever, and there's a, there's a cinema on the left and on the right was like offices and nothing, just doors to nowhere. And then you could take the stairs to like a parking area, but that's just a car park. There's, there's nothing in there. It, there was no sign for any rooftop bar, any sort of thing up there. And we thought, oh, have, we, have we got this right? So we Googled it. Yeah, this is the building. This is the place that on the roof, there's a bar. So we went into the car park and like, we're just climbing steps in a dodgy car park. Like, there's no one around. Uh, okay, we're going to get to the roof anyway and see what we can find. And when we got there, like, it it doesn't... When we, in the, you, know, you get that feeling that you're going the wrong way. They're like, people shouldn't be here. There's no... 
signs anymore. It's dark, like I'm opening a door that I don't think I'm allowed to open. Like, this doesn't feel right. And then we got to the top, and then once we got there on the stairwell, we saw these other, like, hipster-looking people, like people well-dressed, and the people that might be going to a rooftop bar, like, oh, okay, we didn't see these before. Let's Let's follow them. And then as we started to follow them up another set of stairs, you saw more people coming. And then suddenly... In the distance, you could hear this like DJ beat music. Oh, okay, cool. And then we walked a little bit further and finally found this fully like massive venue bar thing on the top. And it was so hidden. Like they, they, they tried to make it hard to find, I guess, because there was no signs for it anywhere. And you really feel like you're taking the wrong turn. And then suddenly it's there. And it's got such a view over the whole city. You can see the TV tower. You can see everything. The reason we found like hipster crowds going that way was there was some DJ famous, uh, Berlin famous guy, guy playing a, a gig and you had to buy tickets so we couldn't get into the main venue. But then there was this like sidebar um, with, with a terrace and stools and tables you could sit there instead. So yeah, I, I would have taken you there for sure. That's that was a cool spot. That sounds amazing. Can you see off, can you see off the edge? Yeah, yeah. The, it, there's no... It's the top floor of a car park building. Like there's no, it, wow, so there's no walls? There's a bit of a wall, but you can jump up on top of it. Like, it's not uh, very... I mean, I don't want to jump on top of it. But... No, if, if <laughs> maybe, you... maybe I'll put my feet off the side. You think people would stop me if I wanted to put my feet off the side? I, yeah, and like, there were just a lot of people around, so I think you would have been... I don't know, it's Berlin. Like, everything goes. Probably if you went there at 4 p.m., Yes, someone would, but if it was midnight, then you'd probably be the only one not dangling your feet off the edge. So who knows? Oh man, I, I've got to get back to this <laughs> as soon as possible. It's it's just a wonderful place. One of my favorite YouTube channels for a few years was this couple who were an American couple, a vegan. They were called Plant Based Traveler. Do you know them? No, I've not heard of them. They were great, but then they've t- they've turned it now. They're like more like hippie van life people, and they're called Wild We Wild We Roam. They're it, they make beautiful videos, but it's not really what I'm into anymore. But at the time, they were like two young, kind of hippie, kind of professional people working in Berlin and documenting their vegan life there. And they found this one. Philosophy. What did you call it when you said now that you said now they're like hippie something life? Yeah, Wild We Roam. No, you said. They used to do uh, vegan things, but now they're like hippie something. A little bit hippie, a little bit professional, I think I said. Oh, oh did you say farm life? No, van life. Van life. Oh, so they, okay. They, they converted a van and they travel around Europe living in their van these days. Oh, that sounds fun. Which is, When you said yeah. it, I was like, what was that word? <laughs> trying to work out what you said. It's, yeah, I, th- I should have said the correct full title, hashtag van life, because that's become a meme <laughs> almost these days. But, yeah. Occasionally, I do live beside a bit of a busy road. Occasionally, only twice, but I've seen a van pass by that's converted to like somebody who lived there. Instantly, I want to just, hey, take me with you. Like, I want to live in your van. This looks like the coolest mm-hmm. thing in the world. But then I go and I have a shower and I forget all about it. Yeah, but, yeah that's what we're planning to do when we go when we go back to America. We're gonna uh, get like a little a little RV thing, only like a small one, just like a. You know, like a, a VW transporter or something like that? Yeah. Not like a... What are those huge things? Uh, like a transit van? Yeah, no. They have, like, the massive ones that are, like, 
pretty much bigger than our caravans, but oh, on like wheels. A, like you an know, RV, like a, RV. Yeah, like a big one rather than ours, which is just yeah. going to be like a regular van where the, the back seat turn into a, a bed. No, I know America. My friend's coming with me and she, we're, I hope we don't hate each other by the end of it. Well, you can only try it, right? And if you do hate each other, that that will wear off after a, after a while and you'll remember the, the intentions. And chances are you yeah. won't. Chances are you'll have a lovely time. But it's it's way better. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, we can spend however much time we want. Nice. Yeah. And we it, spent a, a weekend in London together and we, like, shared hostel rooms and stuff. And that was really fun. We walked all day. That's what I that's what I need in a um in a travel partner. I wanna walk from like I'm, I'm eight AM to midnight all day. You and I will get on very well then. I I'm I'm a walker too. That's the best way to see a city. You don't have to navigate the public transport system, you don't have to pay for a taxi to anywhere. As long as it's under an hour and even then I'm I'm flexible about that. I'll just walk everywhere. You see the city as it's meant to be. Because the, the London Underground is mm-hmm. great for when yeah. you get somewhere, but you're underground. You don't see anything. Where if you walk mm-hmm. from place to place, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We did that all day. I mean, we'd been out the night before, and then I think the the Rugby World Cup was on, maybe? I think it was the Rugby World Cup, which I didn't really care about, but my friend really wanted to see. Okay. So we'd been out. So I'd come straight from work on the Friday night, and then the trains were both cancelled. She'd come from Sheffield, I'd come from Manchester, and we'd met in Manchester to go to head down to London. The trains were all cancelled. Um, so we ended up, instead of getting there at like half past eight, we got there at half past 11, Ooh. dropped our bags off. We were drinking wine all the way down on the train, so we were back a bit loud. But we got there, and then we stayed in, um, in Underworld. Underworld is in, I don't know if you've been... How much have you been to Camden? Many times. Okay. So you know that the underworld is under World's End um, yeah. in Camden. We stayed there until like half four in the morning, oh. went back to the hotel, went to sleep, got up at half past seven to go and watch the, the rugby kick off at <laughs> half eight. Yeah, exactly. But then we walked from that point. So we went and watched the rugby. And then on the way out, I was really hungover. So we got like a, there was this like all you can eat Chinese place where you get like a Tupperware box. Camden, oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> and it's so, it's so cheap. It's like three pounds or something for a, like yeah. it, it's, it's terrible food in terms of nutrition or whatever, but it's variety, mm-hmm. quantity. Oh, yes. Yeah. We actually shared that. I had spicy potatoes in that as well. It was amazing. Like salt and pepper potatoes. Nice. Amazing. And I actually ended up having two pizzas that day. <laughs> I was really hungry. <laughs> have you been oh, yeah. Have you been to um Temple of Camden or Temple of Hackney? Temple of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we went there last time we were in London. Vegan KFC for anyone who's not been. So they yeah. they have two locations in London, uh, Hamden and Hackney and Camden and oh my god I don't know about the other one that, so that was the first one that opened and uh, I went like Hackney is really kind of far away from the anywhere in London it's really far north we were we went way out of our way to get to this place because it was like fried chicken yeah I just realized it was really dark and there's like four light switches and I don't know what <laughs> yeah. anyone do 
That's okay. So be- Sorry, Mom. Fried chicken. Before they opened their place in Camden, this was the only place you could get vegan KFC, basically. And so we went well out of our way to get there, which it was great. And then they opened in Camden, even better. I realized, I realized this chat could just go on forever. So I don't know if you have a, anything to do. I don't want to keep you. No, we're just like, I'm not doing anything. We're just sat like, oh, I have this vegan food and then this vegan food. Yeah. I know, like, if, yeah, I, no. if I want to edit this down into anything resembling a podcast, it's going to take forever. But if, it, if I don't, then I'm just catching up with you and telling, swapping loads of vegan stories, yeah. which is great. Yeah. There's really good vegan KFC that my friend always, me and my friend always go to, the same friend who I was in London with and the one that I want to go to California with. Um, and it's in Sheffield and it's called Sunshine Deli and it's amazing. I like the name. They do like a boneless bucket, but obviously it's boneless because it's not me. But they do like spicy chicken, regular chicken, popcorn chicken, southern fried gravy. Oh, oh yeah. So Corn on the cob. One of the, the flavors I never re- knew about until I went to America was buffalo sauce, buffalo hot sauce, buffalo wings. Have you yeah. Heard? Which is yeah, like, I it's, it's like a hot sauce, kind of spicy, but it's tangy. Like it's really sour, vinegary flavor. Oh. It's, it's more tangy than spicy, I think. Oh my not God. Like the, not like the orange Franks. Is it different to that? It's very similar. I, I'm just checking my pile of hot sauces there. I don't have the Frank's one, but that's it. It's Frank's makes their own makes their own buffalo sauce. Yeah, that's my favorite Frank's. Oh, I know it's so good. So buffalo wings from here. But have you seen hot ones? I must have told you about this by now. But that YouTube show where they eat the spicy wings. No. So it's an a celebrity interview show where there's like a. a they're, they're sit- the interviewer and the guest are sitting at the table and in front of both of them are 10 uh, chicken wings and sometimes vegan depending on the guest. E- each one is marinated in a hot sauce and they get progressively hotter. So the first one is like uh, sriracha, something everyday, mild, spicy-ish. But th- this is like a hot sauce company that does like fire in a bottle of those. So it wor- they work it up from one to 10. And some people can't finish it. So, like, they're, they're interviewing movie stars and musicians and all these people who have been interviewed a thousand times and have all their media training and their nice, ready-to-go answers and all that. But when, they're out, when their mouth is on fire and there's, like, snot coming out of their nose and the tears in <laughs> their eyes, they... they out the window. It adds another, a different dynamic to it. It's, it's a great show worth watching anyway. Just YouTube, hot ones, and find your favorite celebrity in the list. It's really funny. We have um, endeavored, me and my group of friends here are going to do our own version of Hot Ones. Oh, yeah. You posted about that on your Instagram the other day. I I collected all my hot sauces and I've been tasting them the last few days to rank them from mildest to hottest. And so we're going to do that. I'm really fortunate with my group of friends here. I'm the only vegan, but there are some like more vegetarian than most of the group would be vegetarian. There's a couple of meat eaters, but very casual like they'll all go out to a place if we all go if we all go out to eat they're all very happy to go to a vegan restaurant because they know everyone can eat there and they're very veggie friendly and it's really considerate and cool like everybody's i'm I'm lucky to have that group but we agreed to do this hot ones style thing and two of my friends are, are agreeing to make tofu wings 
to fry tofu wings to, to for the condiments nice. of the hot sauce. I don't know how you do wings, like tofu style wings, because this is supposed to be like on the bone or at least a little bit, you can tear a bit off or whatever. But tofu is just blocks and chunks. I don't know. I'm excited. They're volunteering to, to uh, make them. So regardless. I'm, I'm about to out myself as a not very good vegan, but I've not really had tofu very much. Ah. I had it. I had it once, and it was really bad. Over. And it really, huh? This conversation is over. No, apparently. <laughs> the end. Bye. Um, I had it once, and it was really, really bad. Ugh. And ever since then, I was like, I'm, I've been really put off. But my friends, like, you need to try it because it's when it's done right, it's really good. One time you had it. You do? Did you do it yourself? No, I had it actually at a place in Manchester where it's actually called the Thirsty Scholar. And they had loads of nice stuff on their um, on their menu. It's all ve- or it was all veggie at the time. I don't know what they do now. Um, but my friend wanted just fried sticks of tofu. Okay. So she ordered that, and she was just having fried sticks of tofu dunked in soy sauce. And she was like, "Try some," and it was just like sponge. It was like plain sand yeah. sponge. So that that should be good. I would very happily eat fried tofu with soy sauce but clearly it didn't turn out that well yeah i mean she loved it she absolutely was was loving it so maybe i just don't like it i don't know but i'm willing to try it again in different forms right it's a bit like an edible sponge i i say because it's nothing it's soft and like mushy and on its own it's just it's texture like there's nothing to it you have to first squeeze out all the water like you've seen if you Google like a makeshift tofu press, you'll find like a stack of books and then something wrapped in a towel and that's the tofu and you just leave it overnight and like with Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire on top of it or whatever. <laughs> that's what it takes. So when you get all the excess moisture out of it, replace that with a sauce, soy sauce, spice, chili, any, any marinade you can make and you can think of and let that soak overnight. And then the next day, bake it, fry it, do whatever you want with it, it'll be good. Hmm. Of course, my favorite tofu these days is tofu scramble. You haven't had that? I haven't had that. Uh, see, I, I did like scrambled eggs. I liked eggs when I ate them. So tofu scramble gives you that kind of eggy, you know, goodness back again. So yeah. get like, you can see when you buy on a, on a packet of tofu, it'll be soft or firm or whatever. So ideally get the soft one, but any will do break uh, squeeze all the juices out of it get it all as dry as you can break it up add turmeric garlic powder onion powder do you know kala namak getting very niche vegan here no kala namak is a kind of a, a type of salt that's really sulfuric so basically it tastes really Kala-namak. eggy k-a-l-a-n-a-m-a-k ah it is volcanic black salt You'll find it like in a lot of places once you know what you're looking for. It's, it's quite widely available now, but it's eggy salt basically because of the high sulfur, sulfur content. It tastes like eggs. Now it's still salt, so you can't go crazy, but sprinkle some of that on with that, everything else on the tofu and you've got scrambled eggs. You've got scrambled tofu. Wow. Lovely. Yeah. I, I love it on avocado as well, which I know you don't like avocado, so maybe not for you. But, but again, maybe, maybe I should try avocado. I, if you were here, I'd make some toast, 
spread some avocado on it, bit of um, chili flakes or hot sauce, some roasted mm. pumpkin seeds, and sprinkled with this Kalanamak salt on top. If you didn't like that, I would say fair enough. There's no hope for you. I tried, but that's a <laughs> that's, no my, that's my brunch. That's my go-to brunch here. I love it. I'd be willing to give it. I, I really would be willing to give it a go. But I think be... that's the vegan mentality, right? It's it, never say never, right? As long as something's vegan, you're gonna try it. You, you're gonna want to want it. Yeah. Anyway, I I don't like anyone who will just dismiss an area. Permanent no, never going to learn to like it because I have learned to like many things that I now love to eat. So, yeah, well, I, I, you know how I say that I don't like peanuts, but you know the the naked salt and salted caramel bars. Yep, they're peanutty, and I love them. There you go. There's there's hope for hope for you yet. There is hope for me yet. So while we were talking about uh, places in the UK, have you got any? Tips, any recommendations anywhere, like cities or specific restaurants, trips you've been on? So I'm moving to Manchester on Saturday. I've made like a spreadsheet and I've color-coded it. They're all like alphabetical, color-coded by, there's like places that do meet, but have, you know, like it sort of is on Happy Cow, places that do meet, but have really good vegan options places that are vegetarian but have vegan options and then places that are just vegan. So it's colour coded and it tells me where they are and there's a link. I've made it a link so it um, goes to the menu when I click on it. Oh, wow. That's... <laughs> it was proper nerdy. That's impressive. But, I, yeah. would do, I would never do that. I love that you did. <laughs> I was, I like sort of started to do it while I was working and then I was like, right, I'm going to have to stay and finish this after I finish work. <laughs> so I remember Andy texting me and being like, what are you doing? And I was just like, really liked going for it. So yeah. for, for someone who's traveling to the UK, Manchester, vegan friendly? Yeah, really vegan friendly. So it has Northern Quarter, which has got like Salita, which does like burgers and stuff. Um, what else is in Northern Quarter? There's everything in Northern Quarter. They do like pizza. There's like pasta factory. So the UK, the UK in general is wonderfully vegan friendly, and the mm. Netherlands is catching up, I think. But Germany and the UK are the just the leaders in Europe. But so so you're taking me as a vegan. I've been to Manchester once, but not really. If I if we're going to one place, where are we going? Yeah. We're going to San Fruity. Uh, what, what's the name? What's the place called? Sanskriti. Sanskriti. Yeah. Do you like curry? I love Indian food. Cool. It's a. Uh, it's all veggie, but it's mostly vegan. Nice. Um, it's just fantastic. I've only ever been to the one in Liverpool, actually, but there's one in Manchester as well. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. It's just anything that you would get at any curry place, but vegan. Yeah, my, my two best friends, one of them, two of my best friends, one of them is vegan, one of them is veggie. We always get curry together. Always. That's our thing. And we went, you know what? I think you'd really like Bundobust as well. Bun, Bundobust. Bundobust, yeah. That's like Indian, but it's like Indian street food. Oh, yes. Yeah, I love and you get like you get like two or three bits and sort of in like a bit of a tapas kind of way. Back when I lived in Dublin, that we had a similar place like that. It was an Indian street food one, but it wasn't advertised as a vegan restaurant, or it wasn't trendy at all. It was there were only Indian people there and us, and 
friend of mine found it, but it was all vegan, like accidentally, just quietly on the menu, everything was vegan and it was all street food. So it wasn't your typical, like what our parents would expect from an Indian curry house kind of thing. It was just, there was no poppadoms. It there was, was no poppadoms? Well, maybe there was, but it, there was a lot of stuff on the list that I, I had never heard of before. And it wasn't yeah. designed to be a European friendly. This was for the Indian community in Dublin. So good. So weird. Yeah. So every time I'd order a different thing and I can almost pronounce it and I don't know what I'm coming, what's coming to the table, but it's vegan, so I'm going to eat it. Ah, yeah. I, I that's, was... that's what Sanskriti is like. You know it is good if the people from sort of from that culture are eating there. Yeah. Do you that's know what I mean? Like, that's a good sign. That's always a good sign. Yeah. It's so good. I want to go again. I know. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> <It's> getting... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I when are you going to come to Manchester and then we can go on a food tour? Yes, I will absolutely take you up on that uh, offer. Thank you. The Northern Quarter. Yeah. Exactly. And Northern I, Quarter is good. I love Liverpool. They have really good vegan food there as well. I, I'd love to go back as a vegan because I didn't. I haven't been since I was 21. And I was only vegeta- like only just vegetarian there. So I don't. I wasn't a foodie by any means. I would like to check it out. Good. Bold Street. Bold Street? I've never heard of Bold Street. Bold Street, Bold Street is like, it's just like the, the nice sort of up-and-coming student-y ah, yeah, I didn't, veggie kind of area. I didn't seek out those those areas of cities when I traveled in my early 20s. No, fair I did, I did Thomas Street and the Cavern Club and all the big tourist destinations, which was great, but... The, the speaking going back to Berlin the last time I was there with my ex we realized we'd spent like five days in Berlin and not not once had we crossed the Berlin wall at the old wall we, we were in East Berlin the whole time not by design it just by accident because we had been there three or four times already we'd done all the big tourist things all the places we wanted to see and go to were in former communist East Berlin because that's when when the wall came down, all the poor, like abandoned areas were there. And that's where all the artists and all the hippies and all the counterculture people went in. And as a result, 20, 30 years later, that's where all the vegan restaurants are and the, the music venues and all the cool things. So that's, we're attracted to that side of the city a little bit more. Although yeah. we did, there was this one time in, as part of the Interrail tour where we went to West Berlin. I say West like it's 1984. Well, it's a former West Berlin to Voust, which was this brewery slash restaurant, but it was super fancy. Like we were in a really nice part of Berlin suddenly. Because when I think, when Berlin to me is vegan cafes, rock and roll bars and grungy, dirty kind of rundown places with graffiti on the walls. And when you're in the bathrooms, don't touch anything. That's That's Berlin. But then we were in the West Berlin and we might have well might well have been in Paris in the area we were in. Suddenly the street lights were gorgeous, the architecture was beautiful, everyone is well dressed. Like, oh, we're in a really nice area here. And we went to this um, oh. very fancy vegan restaurant, like put on your only shirt that uh, that I brought, like dress dress your best from your backpack. Uh, yeah, it was a good night. Yeah. The only thing that's not band t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> York is also a great place for vegan food. Well, any UK city. All is the cities are. People. All the all the big cities are really great. 
So what's what's the deal with York? Because I don't know anything about it, really. I don't know. I don't even know where it is, truth be told. It's on the East Coast, Yorkshire, obviously. No, it's more middle. Okay. So if the UK is like a triangle, just to make it really basic. Scotland's at the top. Yeah. I'm here at this part where Wales joins. Yeah. It's sort of, so it's central, it's fairly northern, but it's not really, really northern. But it's it's pretty central down the middle. Um, okay. East of east of Leeds, but not like, not like East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yorkshire is massive. So about York, like, it, is it a university town? Is it a historical place? What, what about it? It's a, it's a bit both, really. It's mostly a historical place, I think. It does have a uni as well. Um, it has, like, the York Minster, which is, like, a big building thing. Um, sort of like a, an abbey kind of kind of thing, like a church of sorts, which I climbed to the top of, and it's really fun because you can see everything. Nice. And, again, I love being up high. Um, <laughs> and it's got, like, the Shambles, which is, like, the oldest... The oldest road it's like the oldest road in the uk it's like a roman road yeah but it's like a, it's like shops but really old really really old shops i love that it's called the shambles what a name it looks like shambles that's why <laughs> it is all like it looks like it's just been pushed together kind of thing it is it's very shambolic um oh it's just a really nice city it's a city that's got really really nice vibes in, in the same way that I was talking earlier about America with Trump and what's going on and the chaos at the moment, like the UK has its fair share of turbulence too, like Brexit, Boris Johnson, all, all that stuff. On the surface, you might look at that and wonder, oh my God, what the hell is going on in the UK? But then yeah. I've been to so many places in recent years and had wonderful experiences and met lovely people. So yeah. it's... Uh, like I've been to London countless times, Liverpool, Edinburgh, Bath, um, Birmingham. That's really lovely. See, York is very much like Bath. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, so Bath was gorgeous. Such an old, yeah. like when you think of ye old England, like merry old England, Tudor, Victorian, yeah. that's Bath. And exactly. York. That's why when my American friend came over, I took him to York. Um, he only wanted to go to theme parks, and I was like, "No, you're getting some culture." <laughs> that's what I—that's what I'd imagine Americans expect all of England is: the Tudor, yeah. Tudor buildings and castles and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, he came over when the World Cup was on, and they're not really into to football, soccer like that much. Okay. Um, but I was—I was working at the time when he landed, so he got the train into Warrington, and there's like a, a big. It's called the fish market, but there's not fish. It's just like a, an undercover thing. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, kind of, but there's no walls. It's just a just a roof and like shops around the edge. But yeah, yeah. it's outdoors. Um, but they had a huge screen set up and seats for the for the World Cup. And, and he, just, as you said, came out of the um, came out of the train station straight into the town centre, um, as as we do. And um, settled into the football, and he texted me like, "Warrington's amazing," and I was like, <laughs> "It's not, well, it's not." <laughs> this happened to be a World Cup where the where the UK, not the UK, where England did really well. I think you got to the semi-finals, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, there were, you'd see a lot of viral videos of 
Hyde Park or some big public area before COVID when a goal was scored and there's beer flying everywhere and there's hands going crazy. That, yeah. he, he clearly got caught up in one of those moments, which is nice. Yeah, I, I, I love football. and like, Football can bring out the best kind of nationalism because like yeah. Brexit has shown a lot of the ugly side of patriotism and a lot of the people you see on Twitter with British flags in their bios like are Brexiteers and fascists in some cases and that's all very toxic and weird. Yeah. But sports can bring out the beautiful side of it to a point. Like there are obviously there's hooligans, there's, there's problems with football and with the rest. But like I can wear my Ireland jersey and fly fly my little Ireland flag and be as proud as I can be to be Irish for 90 minutes watching strangers kick a ball around in a field and con- connect to on that level in some way. I remember one, one of the world, the Euros, I think, 10 years ago maybe, I was in a bar, Ireland were playing. We lost 3-1, but the first goal, we scored the first goal, and there were like 100 people in the bar, and we scored after 10 minutes, and I'm hugging strangers. I'm covered in liquids of some description. The guy beside me is crying, and like, and that's, <laughs> by, by its very nature, it's mostly men. And it's men showing affection in the most wonderful, healthy way. And that's such a rare thing. So, Yeah. See, I would have said that, that it was really quite toxic and really very, like, manly men doing manly things. But I guess in that sense. It, it can be. And unfortunately, they're the ones that get the headlines because england are playing italy and a group of hooligans trashes rome or whatever like you'll see a video of people starting fights with police or with other yeah. people and that's like that's one percent or maybe five percent of everybody but everyone else the majority are having a wonderful time and maybe i have my rose tinted glasses on i'm a big football fan and i, I see what i want to see but yeah I, no i mean well i'm probably the opposite so somewhere between us is yeah. probably about right <laughs> Yeah, and there is a lot of um, goodness in it. Like I, I shared. We're getting just on a I'm rambling now, but I shared a video yesterday on my Instagram. Did you see it of the Wales uh, celebrations? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like the, a young Liverpool player scored the winning goal. It was zero zero until the ninety fourth minute or whatever, the last chance, and a Wales player scored and they won the game one nil. And the whole team piled on top of him. He was on the bottom of this thing and like this pile up of dudes. And eventually he, everyone gets up. He's crying, like he's wiping his tears away. And he's 19 years old. And it's, they're all, they're laughing and hugging each other. And it's, these are like alpha male athletes, like the most competitive, you know, fit men there are showing unbridled affection and unlimited like emotion towards each other there's no fear of like homo bullshit about they're all hugging each other they're all on top of each other and it's it's the most wonderfully wholesome scene like just men hugging and showing their emotion and their affection towards each other and that's sport can be good to release those sorts of feelings where otherwise they're not seen as allowed you're not allowed to be a man and show that much affection so i like that yeah yeah no that is nice i think more more men should hug each other yeah I, i'm a hugger with, with everybody like I'll, I'll hug all my friends unfortunately not these days they get the elbow 
but yeah that's uh, what i'm worried about what if i can't hug all my friends i've i've given a few hugs in 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 the last month which you know you kind of have some people you trust and you hope that they're okay and you do your best but yeah hugging yeah. is wonderful it's it's like we we're gonna, we're off travel entirely now but humans are a physical like uh, physically affectionate species as friends or romantically or whatever we are that's what sets off the the things in our brain that make us feel good we crave physical affection and when you can hug somebody for just two three five seconds you're like sharing an intimate moment with a best friend a partner a, a new friend whatever and it's yeah it's it's amazing yeah, no, I, I love hugs. And the only people that I've hugged, which is so weird to say, since March. So I went to visit my friend who's been by herself for the whole time in lockdown and uh, not even left the house. Wow. And I hugged her. I thought she's been by herself, seems safe. Um, I When I went to visit my mom for the first time since March, I hugged my mom. Um, and she now has gone back to work, so I don't know if I'd hug her now. But at the time, she hadn't been anywhere either. So I was like, I hugged her. Um, and then yesterday, I dropped into work just to see, while there was nobody else in since it was a Sunday, um, there was only like three people in the office. So I just went in to see what sort of regulations they had in place and stuff because they're getting us all back in the office next week. Okay. Um, and I hugged my team leader. But, you know, it feels but weird that I've hugged literally three people Apart yeah, from my boyfriend since March. You can count the number of people you've hugged on one hand. Yeah. How weird. The, and another weird thing for me in trying to calculate when March was, that I want to say that was like a month or two ago, but no, it's September now. Then April, May, June, July, August. Literally six months ago. It's half the year away. You've hugged like four people in half a year. Yeah, in six months I've hugged, yeah. Well, they, the, the Dutch have a great word for this which was really felt during lockdown but health hunger which means like skin hunger literally translated as in just craving touch you know craving a high five a handshake a hug like the most basic yeah. of human interaction which is i always knew i liked hugs like i was never one of these macho men who would only you know never show affection i'm, I'm not that type I, i'll hug anybody whether i've just met you mm -hmm. or not but it was a nice or an unfortunate reminder of how much I crave physical contact with people when, when you just couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, me too. And I'm really glad that I was here with Andy rather than in my flat by myself because I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm definitely a, a skin-hungry person, which sounds really Hannibal Lecter. It doesn't, but... translate, it doesn't translate very well to be skin-hungry. but. <laughs> What, it was not, like, what, can you come round? I'm skin hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the um, creepy, creepy yeah. version of a booty call. Uh, yeah. you know, it's context is important. <laughs> yeah, in the most innocent of ways, like. Yeah. Right, like I would love to give you a hug right now, and that's just there's no hunger involved. It's that's. It's the way I, yeah. I would rather this conversation happen face to face than over a screen, but that's. Yeah. Where just like you want a piece of toast, that kind of <laughs> hunger. But for a hug, <laughs> I I would I wouldn't say no to either one right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can head off whenever you feel like. By the way, I don't want to keep you forever. 
I mean, I'm not doing anything, but yeah, no, fine. Likewise, likewise. Um, what Hopefully it saves that recording. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm enjoying this chat anyway, whether it's a podcast or not is irrelevant at this stage. Uh, I've stopped thinking. Yeah, fair enough. I stopped thinking in podcast terms about half an hour ago, which is nice. Maybe an hour ago. <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing for beverages, by the way? Are you still working on your little concoction? I've had a, I've had a few by now. Because <laughs> I'm going to go to the toilet again, and I'm deciding, should I get another beer or not? Or are you, how are you feeling? I'm going to go to the Well, you can get another beer. Cool. See you back in a second.